This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Five minutes after the hour, it's Thursday, December 16th. Good morning and welcome back to another hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us across America. Can you believe there's only nine days to go until Christmas? In fact, today, December 16th, is day one of the traditional Christmas novena that ends on Christmas Eve. Once again, as we've been doing the last few days, we continue to pray for the victims and all the families that were devastated by the tornadoes this past weekend that ripped across six states, including the worst hit state of Kentucky. His Excellency Bishop William Medley, the Bishop of the Owensboro, Kentucky Diocese, is asking for all of our prayers and our financial support that is so very much needed. Thousands are still without electricity or water. They need food, and thousands have lost their homes. Uh, they need our help. You can give online uh, to help Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Owensboro uh, help those uh, impacted by these recent um, devastations uh, at the owensborodiocese.org uh, forward slash give. Again, owensborodiocese.org slash give and select Tornado Relief for Catholic Charities. I want to check in with uh, my partner, Glenn Leverance. Glenn, uh, what are some of the stories that uh, we're keeping an eye on this morning? Oh, John, wild light uh, weather-wise, of course, across uh, much of the, the country, starting out in Colorado, we had some of those reports just a moment ago of uh, near 100 mile an hour, 95 mile an hour winds in Denver toppling some trees as that uh, strong, strong system made its way through Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin last night. Uh, winds pushing near 100 miles an hour, well over hurricane force winds uh, here across the, the prairie. Um, tornado warnings for the first time ever in the state of Minnesota this late in the year, I think beating the record by about a full month. Uh, several people without power, about 200,000 so far in Wisconsin this morning. That's affecting the relevant radio phones, so we won't be able to take your calls. If you have questions, you could always email uh, morningair at relevantradio.com, but uh, the listener phones affected today as well. And this, John, just on the heels of unusual weather just a, a week ago, uh, not quite a week ago, uh, affecting those uh, so much in uh, parts of Illinois and Kentucky and Arkansas. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it really is uh, unbelievable. Uh, here in, in the Chicago area, there was uh, reports of wind gusts uh, over 60 miles an hour. Uh, uh, some uh, of, of the plants and chairs were thrown around uh, in, in my neighborhood, uh, but not uh, super extensive damage. But uh, we continue to pray for, for especially for the, the people in Kentucky that are going through such a much, much worse situation, people that don't have anywhere to go. And uh, as I've, I've been mentioning the last few days, uh, I think it's so important to keep those people in our prayers and to help out uh, in whatever way that, that you can. Um, I, I understand the, the Omicron variant continues to be in the news uh, now uh, more than ever. It's uh, been found in 36 states, yeah, accounting for about 3% of all the COVID uh, cases, Glenn. 
Yeah, we're going to hear uh, lots and lots more about that in the coming weeks here as it again proves to be very contagious, uh, not as dangerous in terms of symptoms. Uh, That doesn't mean that people will not be affected or affected seriously by it, but it doesn't seem to have as serious effects as uh, the Delta variant, for example. Delta still remains uh, the main problem right now, but uh, you'll hear a a lot of encouragement to get that booster shot in addition to the original uh, shots uh, for COVID here over the next several weeks. We continue to pray for the end of the pandemic, and that's all we can do at this point. Uh, Listen carefully and continue to pray. Glenn, as always, thanks so much uh, for uh, your updates. Hey, sure thing, John. We begin every morning, every hour, giving thanks to our Lord for the many blessings, always asking through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, Pray for us, and we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from Isaiah 9:6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is one of the many prophecies of the Old Testament that is fulfilled by the baby of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ the Lord. God with us, Emmanuel, is the child to be born who would fulfill this prophecy in the incarnation, the Word made flesh, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace. Let's continue to prepare our hearts for the coming of the baby Jesus, the mighty God, by going to confession here in these final days of Advent to have a truly blessed Christmas. We pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Now let's talk about Christmas past. Remember the illusion and the hope that we used to have uh, for Christmas when we were children, when we were kids. Um, You can see the anticipation in your children uh, that they have for this season. It's always so special. How can we experience Christmas and prepare our hearts in the same way that children do? Joining us now is His Excellency Bishop Donald Hying, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, to help us uh, make those final spiritual last minute preparations here in the final nine days as we approach Christmas and the coming of the baby Jesus. Uh, Bishop Donald Hying is the fifth bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. He was an auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, Wisconsin from 2011 to 2015, and the bishop of the Diocese of Gary, Indiana from 2015 to 2019. Your Excellency Bishop Hying, thanks so much uh, for joining us once again. Always a blessing to be with you. Uh, good morning, John. Thanks thanks for having me on. Excellency, let's talk about uh, one of the ways to prepare for Christmas, uh, which is uh, to go through uh, the liturgies in this last st- stretch of the Advent season. Can you uh, talk to us a little bit about the importance of the liturgies that we find in Mass here in late Advent? 
This will beginning tomorrow, December 17th. We enter into the late Advent uh, weekdays leading up to Christmas. And they have their own special readings, their own special antiphons. And the readings really speak of all the characters in the Gospels leading up to the birth of Christ. We hear of the angel Gabriel visiting Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, and announcing that. Uh, the, the birth of John the Baptist, the, the Annunciation, of course, uh, the Visitation, um, all those beautiful scriptures, mostly from the Gospel of Luke, that lead us to meditate so profoundly on the Incarnation of Christ, you know, the, the Word made flesh, that God uses people in historical moments in particular places to prepare the way for a God's Son to enter the world. The other really beautiful thing that maybe many Catholics don't know about are the, the O antiphons of these late Advent days. And their addresses to Jesus. You know, one is calling Jesus uh, wisdom. Another is Lord. The other is root of Jesse, key of David, morning star, king of nations, Emmanuel. What we see in those poetic titles references to the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, we hear from the prophets, I'm thinking mostly of Isaiah, who just long for the revelation of God. You know, Isaiah says, Lord, rend the curtain that separates us from you. You know, come down here, show us your face. And yet none of them would have dared to imagine that God himself would visit his people, that, that God's son would come in human form. So God fulfills those desires beyond all expectation. So I think a beautiful way to prepare for Christmas in this final week is reflecting on those antiphons. Even if one can't get the Mass every day, at least read the Scripture readings from Mass that day. We see this whole dramatic lead-up to the birth of Christ, You know that everything else in history is really a prequel to Christ entering the world, and everything after is a consequence of Christ having entered the world. So the most beautiful fact of human history is the word made flesh, because it's in Jesus that the ancient curse of sin and death is broken for us. And Excellency, um, it doesn't take a long time to spend just a few minutes uh, meditating on the gospel of the day. You can do it in the privacy of your own home, or you can go to a chapel in front of the Blessed Sacrament or Adoration Chapel and spend a few minutes alone with our Lord to really uh, prepare our hearts, uh, sifting through these beautiful uh, gospels uh, that are really gifts uh, from from the Church uh, for every one of us uh, to individually prepare ourselves for the real meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many of the saints teach us the way of, of Lectio Divina, or of meditative prayer, where we take a scriptural text, read it over, pray over it a few times, and then in our prayer, place ourselves in that scene. And so imagine being in Mary's house when she receives the angel. You know, imagine being a witness to the moment of the visitation, you know, when these two Pregnant women rejoice in what God is doing through them and their unborn children. Uh, to imagine being in uh, the crash at Bethlehem in the stable and kneeling before the Christ child. I think there's there's a power in that meditation. And then um, saints like St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis de Sales would say, at the end of that prayer, make some resolution. You know, what, what emerges in your heart? You know, what percolates in your soul to say, this is something I'm going to do today, or this is a, a prayer I'm going to carry in my heart today, or here's some action I'm going to embrace today uh, because of this meditation, because of the nearness of God. 
Excellency, um, I've seen that the gospel uh, has been described and called the book eternal. Uh, I remember reading this in introductions to uh, old Bibles back from the 1930s and 40s. It was the gospel was referred to as the, the book eternal, uh, and it describes that Christ is passing by and speaking to us directly. You just never know uh, what he might be saying to us on any given gospel passage, especially here before Christmas. And the beauty of the scriptures is no matter how many times we hear a particular passage or how many times we pray over a particular text, God is always going to reveal something new to us because God's word is so multi-layered and really it's it's the power of a word uh, proclaimed and prayed over that takes root in our hearts. So it's unlike any book because it's it's literally God's revelation to us. It's God's word to us. So no matter how many times we pray over a text, the Lord is saying something to me now in this text that he didn't say last time. And that's that's the power of really praying with Scripture. And I think that's one of the most beautiful um, outcomes of the Second Vatican Council is just the, the Catholic renewal of um, Scripture study and of certainly interest in the Scripture. So I, I know many people that belong to a Bible study group or pray Lexio Divina and they would say it's changed their spiritual life because God's word is, is just so um, important for us to be formed in, in what he says to us and how he wants to lead us into a relationship with himself. The gospel uh, for this upcoming fourth Sunday of Advent uh, tells us about the events that preceded and prepared for the, the birth of Jesus. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the, this Sunday's gospel? We're, we're now in uh, year C here in Advent. Mm-hmm. Now, year C is the gospel of Luke. So if you remember, the first Sunday of Advent was really the, the end of the world, the second coming. So we set the tone that we're not just looking backwards at the birth of Christ, we're also looking forward to um, his final return at the end of history. And then the last two Sundays have been from Luke chapter 3, the narration of the emergence of John the Baptist in the wilderness and proclaiming this radical message of conversion. So I always think of John the Baptist as this wild man in the desert, you know, preaching this this profound challenge um, saying the Messiah's advent is imminent. You you need to prepare. You need to change your life. He's breaking into your life. Uh, So there's this urgency to John the Baptist's message. That all kind of calms down this Sunday, because this Sunday we have the visitation. And in the visitation, we see uh, Mary making her way in haste to go visit Elizabeth. And in the announcement of the angel at the Annunciation, you know, Mary learns that that Elizabeth is pregnant as well. She who was thought incapable of childbearing is now pregnant. And so Mary journeys to the hill country of Judea to visit Elizabeth. And it's from that encounter we get the beautiful um, proclamation of the Magnificat. You know, Mary proclaiming the greatness of God and what God has done for his people. And it says that you know, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and the child within her leaps. So we, we think of John the Baptist at that moment in utero, already rejoicing at the nearness of Christ, already uh, leaping in the womb because he knows that uh, the Lord is near. So there's just a, a beautiful passage that leads us up to uh, Christmas, you know, in the pregnancy, the holy pregnancy of these two 
women, the, these two key figures in the New Testament, who at that moment <clears throat> contain within themselves the great secret of, of the advent of, of the Messiah. And uh, Excellency uh, Elizabeth uh, says to the to uh, Mary, "Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb." And of course, those are the words that are right out of the beautiful uh, angelical mm-hmm. salutation, the Hail Mary that we pray uh, all the time. That we pray, especially when we pray the Rosary. Uh, it's it's uh, it's such a beautiful thing to see these these words uh, of Scripture come to life here in in this Sunday's Gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Hail Mary full of grace is the salutation of Gabriel. Then the rest of the first part of the Hail Mary is the salutation of Elizabeth. So it's it's an angel and St. Elizabeth you know, saluting Mary and realizing her uniqueness and primacy in our salvation. That's why she's a perfect figure for Advent. You know, we honor her as the Immaculate Conception last week, December 8th. Um, we honor her as Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. And we see in her hiddenness, but also in her maternity and also in her discipleship, just the, the perfect posture for us as, as Christian disciples of the Lord, that the Lord wants to plant his word within us. And St. Augustine would say that every Christian who is serious about faith and prayer and holiness and relationship with Christ, in a sense, gives spiritual birth to Christ again, so that our role as disciples of the Lord is to bring Christ to the world um, through our lives, our actions, our words, our faith, our prayer, our reception of the sacraments. So we become an extension of Christ. And that's it's a powerful transformation of the meaning of our life. I mean, I can't think of anything um, more inspiring to get out of bed for than that. You know, that our vocation has become an extension of the Son of God in this world for the salvation of humanity. Your Excellency uh, Bishop Hying, um, can you talk a little bit about here in the final couple of minutes of how we can prepare our hearts uh, for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the the baby uh, of Bethlehem, basically is what we're talking about here at Christmas time. How can we make some final uh, spiritual preparations as we approach uh, Christmas Day? I think really make an effort to go to weekday mass and listen to those beautiful readings from the scriptures. As you said, you know, make a confession before Christmas if you haven't already. You certainly pray the rosary with renewed vigor. And I would say just amidst the hustle and bustle of the season, just to surrender that everything doesn't have to be perfect, you know, in terms of the exterior preparations for Christmas. I think sometimes people put so much pressure on themselves, like this has to be a Courier and Ives painting. You know, it doesn't. What's important is that we honor the Lord and welcome him into our lives again. So I'd say take some time for silence, um, for meditation, for prayer each day. And the more we do that, the more we're going to be profoundly aware of, of the presence of Christ in the moment. And those other things will recede in importance. So we realize we're celebrating Christ's birthday and how odd it would be if we celebrated someone's birthday and didn't pay attention to the one we're celebrating. So I'd say all those basic building blocks of the spiritual life, but a little bit of silence, meditation, 
quiet time prayer each day is, is a beautiful thing. And Excellency, um, as we uh, approach uh, Christmas, remember that the word Christmas is Christ's Mass. There's nothing more important to make it a, a real Christmas than getting to Mass. Uh, sometimes people are so concerned about, you know, cooking the meal and, and, and setting mm-hmm. at a table and having the relatives come over that they forget that Mass is really what it's all about on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, amen. And then the next day is uh, our Holy Family, Feast of the Holy Family. So go to Mass on Friday or Saturday for Christmas. Go to Mass on Sunday for Holy Family. It's a beautiful weekend of celebration of our faith next weekend. And and for us, uh, the Christmas season doesn't end the day after Christmas, as I see sometimes people right. taking out the Christmas tree uh, the day after Christmas and taking it out to the garbage. Right. For us, it's just beginning as Catholics. Yeah, that's right. If you put it up on November 1st, I guess you're going to take it down on the 26th. But yeah, for us, uh, it begins in Christmas and certainly goes through uh, the baptism of the Lord. And and for some, it's until the presentation, you know, on February 2nd. So it's a long, beautiful, full season. Your Excellency uh, Bishop Hine, can you give us uh, your Advent uh, Christmas blessing? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you pour your radiance upon us in the advent of your Christ. Fill us with hope, with peace, with joy, with mercy, that we may radiate your life to the world by living as disciples of your Son and his holy gospel. And we ask that you bless all of our listeners, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for being with us uh, this morning and all year long. We so much appreciate it, uh, Bishop Hying. Uh, thanks uh, for being with us. Oh, God bless you, John. Blessed Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too. Bishop Donald Hang, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. We need to take a, a short break. When Morning Air continues, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us once again to talk about the Advent tradition. We're going to talk more about the O Antiphon. So stay with us. There's much more to come as Morning Air continues after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Two minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. What a a beautiful, beautiful hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, to set the stage for our conversation this morning. 
We know Christmas is getting close. It's only nine days away. Last Sunday, we celebrated Gaudete Sunday, and the priests wore rose vestments instead of violet. Uh, Tomorrow, on December 17th, uh, we know we're getting really close because of the O antiphons, which are actually more than a thousand years old. The antiphons begin tomorrow. Uh, Most people are probably familiar with the O antiphons because of the verses of the popular Advent song that you just heard, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. In Latin, Veni, Veni, Emmanuel. Uh, These are from the O Antiphons. Uh, What is the scriptural basis for these ancient O Antiphons? Well, we're going to talk about it. Joining us now is our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, with much more on this beautiful tradition in Advent of the O Antiphons. Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota, and a relevant radio contributor with his daily prayer reflections, as well as a longtime contributor to this show. Good morning, Father Kabicki. Thanks so much for being with us. Always good to be with you. Well, thank you, John. And I'm glad we can talk about this here on December 16th, because as you mentioned, uh, starting tomorrow and for a whole week, we have these special verses called the O Antiphons, and they appear in the daily mass when right before the gospel we have the alleluia and there's a little verse uh between the two alleluias that we sing and then they also appear in the breviary or the divine office the prayer of the church in the evening when we pray vespers and pray evening prayer we pray the magnificat of mary and the verse that uh, begins and ends the magnificat is one of these o antiphons which are, as you mentioned, very scriptural and uh, a wonderful way, if our listeners have access to them, to pray with them every day as a way of anticipating Christmas and with a sense of longing for Jesus to come into our lives in a deeper way this Christmas. And uh, most people don't realize that they've heard uh, the, the hymn, the beautiful uh, Advent and Christmas hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. They've heard it so many times without realizing that it is chalk-filled with these O antiphons. Right, and they go back, as you said, over a thousand years. So they're quite old. And an interesting thing about them, uh, John, that uh, you know, it shows, I suppose, kind of the playfulness of the church. So these are very ancient, and we might think all oh, people back then were, were totally serious. But they, I don't know if you call it an acrostic, uh, but it, if you take the Latin word for each of the O antiphons, and you go backwards from the 23rd, which is Emmanuel, and you go backwards and take the first letter of the word in the O antiphon, it spells out a Latin phrase, and the Latin phrase is arrow cross, arrow cross, uh, E-R-O, arrow, and that means I will be, and then crass is, uh, we talk about procrastinating. Uh, that's where we get the, uh, it comes from the Latin word crass, which means tomorrow. So basically, if you take them from the 23rd, read them back, use the Latin words for the O antiphon, it spells out arrow crass, I will be tomorrow. It's a way of saying G- Jesus is responding to our saying to him, come, come, uh, key of David, come, Emmanuel. And Jesus' response to us is, I will be there. I will be tomorrow. So it, it's, uh, I think, another way of looking at these O antiphons that is, uh, shows, I suppose, some of that playfulness of the church. 
Well, uh, thank you for uh, that little Latin lesson, uh, Father Kabicki. That's fascinating uh, when you uh, take the, that uh, the traditional um, uh, message and, and transcribe it uh, backwards, the first letter, uh, th- that it actually uh, has the special meaning of arrow cross, I come tomorrow. I, that's, that's fascinating. Um, Fa- Father Kabicki, uh, th- this goes way, way back, way over a thousand years. In fact, I think I've read where it started somewhere around the year 800, but they don't seem to know who actually began it. That's sort of a mystery. That's right. You know, it, it probably started in a monastery somewhere, uh, but we don't have the exact uh, uh, date or data about its origin, except to, to know that uh, if it started in one place in one diocese, it, it probably became very popular very quickly because, um, again, it survived all these centuries and has formed the basis of it. my favorite Advent hymn is O come, O come, Emmanuel. And, uh, and so, you know, each of the verses of that song refers to one of these O antiphons that we will be uh, using to, starting tomorrow up until the 23rd, uh, the day before Christmas Eve. Um, how, how many of, the, of these O antiphons are they? Um, can, you, can you talk a little bit about, uh, about that? Well, there are seven of them, so we go from the 17th to the 23rd, and each of them, you know, can be translated different ways. Um, so, of course, everyone knows Emmanuel. That's the one we have on the 23rd. Uh, that we find in the scriptures in uh, both the Gospel of Matthew, but that's a reference to um, a line in the prophet Isaiah. Emmanuel means God with us. Uh, but then you go through uh, the others, and on the 22nd, it's Rex Gentium. It means uh, king of all the nations. 21st is Orions, O Orions, uh, which is dawn, O radiant dawn. On the 20th, we have O Clavis David, uh, the key of David. Um, and then on the 19th, we'd have O Radix Jesse, the root of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. On December 18th, we have O Adonai, which was the Jewish word substituting for the sacred name that was was never pronounced by the Jewish people that God revealed to Moses in the burning bush. And wherever you see uh, a very uh, the word Lord in capital letters in the scriptures, that's basically a substitute for that sacred name of God that was revealed to Moses and was never pronounced by the Jewish people. And then beginning tomorrow on the 17th, we have O Sapientia, O Wisdom. Um, and as we know in the, in the Bible, the Old Testament, we have uh, the Book of Wisdom and, and Wisdom Literature, the Psalms, and Jesus is the Wisdom in the Flesh. So all of these uh, come from uh, Old Testament references, but they point to Jesus and their ways of, of uh, let's say, addressing the Messiah, who we, with great longing, Hope will come to us in a in a deeper way this Christmas, but also be there at the end of our lives. 
I think uh, this, this is such a beautiful tradition uh, to meditate on these Old Testament uh, verses, these prophecies uh, that all point uh, to the baby Jesus, uh, the, the Messiah, the, the King of Kings uh, to come. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the, the hundreds and hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament, all of them fulfilled by just one person, our Lord Jesus Christ. When you think of it in those terms, uh, uh, the odds of, of just one person in the history of of the of humanity uh the the god man jesus the lord fulfilling every single one of the prophecies from the old testament and there's so many of them you know it uh, you could do weeks and weeks just going through uh the different prophecies but ju- just these uh, seven uh oh antiphons alone the odds of one person fulfilling all of them are just uh you know mathematically uh, uh indescribable <laughs> That's right, John. And you bring up a very good point that, you know, when Jesus came, he said he did not come to negate the law and the prophets. He did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. And so, um, I, you know, some people would say, well, as Christians, we, we are focused on the New Testament. And, uh, but our tradition comes out of the Old Testament, and the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So I, I think one of the, the, this final week of, of uh, Advent before we celebrate Christmas, if we could get into some of that sense of the Jewish people longing for the Messiah to come, longing for the one to fulfill God's plan for humanity, for that Messiah to come, and the deep longing that they have. If we could tap into some of that sense of longing, and that's what these O antiphons are designed to do, is because each of them ends with the the word veni, you know, come, come and show your salvation to your people. Show, come and stretch out your mighty hand to free us. Come and keep nothing from uh, uh, coming to our aid. All of them end with that sense of, come, Lord Jesus, we want you to come to our world in a deeper way so that um, there can be the justice that leads to the peace that you want for the world. Well, Father Kabiki, um, under normal circumstances, uh, we would be inviting our listeners to call us, uh, as you may have heard, uh, uh, because of the high winds and the, some of uh, the uh, tornadoes across our country uh, last night, uh, power uh, was knocked out. Uh, we, we don't have phone lines this morning here on Relevant Radio. So uh, by the grace of God, we do have you on uh, the air with us uh, with other technology. Uh, but uh, I'm going to take a little break, but when we come back, I'd like to really dive into the O antiphons and, um, you know, have you share uh, each one, uh, one by one, and then maybe we can share the uh, corresponding uh, biblical verse from the Old Testament that uh, really makes it come alive, because I think this is a, a beautiful thing that we can share with our listeners here this morning. So we're going to take a short uh, time out. We'll continue our conversation about the O antiphons with our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki. Stay with us. There's much more to come on on the other side. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester.
47 minutes after the hour, what a beautiful rendition, the Latin version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Welcome back to Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks for being with us this morning as we continue our conversation about the O Antiphons with our good friend and spiritual director, Father James Kabicki. Father Kabicki, uh, I don't know about you, but it touches my heart to hear that Latin version. Imagine it was chanted like that in the monasteries in ancient times. Yeah, you're right, John. It, and that's why I think for me, it is my favorite Advent uh, uh, hymn. I never grow tired of of singing it. You know, um, it, all the verses are different. They refer to these O antiphons, and it is such a haunting melody that that really I think taps into that the spirit of Advent, that longing uh, for uh, Jesus to come and save us, you know, to save us from our sins and to uh, show us the way that leads to heaven. So uh, they, it is my favorite Advent hymn. Um, uh, Father Kapiki, what I'd love to do is just uh, take each one of these O antiphons, uh, beginning with tomorrow's. Uh, it starts tomorrow, December 17th. Uh, there's seven of them. If you could uh, read uh, the first one, and then I'll share with you briefly uh, the scriptural um, counterpart and where it comes from, uh, from the Old Testament. Okay, and there's various translations. You know, the translation we have in the song O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is different from the one that we have in a book called The Household Blessings, and it may be a little different from the one that we have uh, at Mass in the Alleluia verse, but I will use the one that uh, is on the Internet uh, that comes from this book of, of Household Blessings. And so December 17th goes like this, O wisdom of our God Most High, guiding creation with power and love, come to teach us the path of knowledge. Oh, wisdom. It comes uh, from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of fortitude, the spirit of knowledge and of godliness. And he shall be filled with the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge according to the sight of the eyes, nor reprove according to the hearing of the ears." Every single one of these antiphons ties into a beautiful uh, scripture from the Old Testament, Father. That's right. And I would add to that, too, um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, Sirach, we have wisdom uh, personified, a person saying, From the mouth of the Most High I came forth and covered the earth like a mist. And then in the book of Wisdom, we hear that wisdom spans the world from end to end mightily and governs all things well. So it's that sense of we need wisdom in order to follow the way that will lead us to eternal life. And Jesus is that wisdom in the flesh. The second O antiphon from December 18th, uh, if you could uh, share that one with us. Okay, it goes like this. O leader of the house of Israel, giver of the law to Moses on Sinai. Come to rescue us with your mighty power. Beautiful. And of course, as you mentioned before, uh, the, the, the Hebrew word is Adonai, O Adonai. So that comes from Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. He will save us, Father. Right. And it refers to that passage in uh, Exodus uh, chapter 19 when Moses 
came to Mount Sinai, and it was a terrifying experience. The whole mountain was enveloped in smoke, and the Lord came down in fire. And later in the New Testament, the author of the letter to the Hebrews says, You have not approached that which could not be touched in a blazing fire. You have come near to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. So Jesus comes as a little baby, without uh, not to terrify us, but to invite our love. And uh, he is the, the lawgiver. He shows us the new law of love that God wants for humanity. Uh, the third, uh, O Antiphon, from December 19th. It goes, O root of Jesse's stem, stem, sign of God's love for all his people, come to save us without delay. And the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the root of Jesse, and a flower shall rise up out of his root. Right. And um, that, again, remember, Jesse was David's uh, father. And Jesus, throughout the New Testament, is referred to as the son of David. So he's, his ancestry comes right out of that royal house of David. And uh, there's a sense where um, he is the root. In other words, he is uh, the branch, but also the root. He is divine. He is God. And so he gives life to all creation. And then on December 20th, we have uh, this antiphon, O key of David, opening the gates of God's eternal kingdom, come and free the prisoners of darkness. O key of David, a beautiful. And we see the allusion to this in Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two, And I will lay the key of the house of David upon his shoulder, and he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. Reminds me of Matthew 16, the power of the keys. Right. Matthew 16, where Jesus tells um, um St. Peter. Peter, and then uh, all, all of the apostles, that, um, that what they loose will be loosed, what they forgive will be forgiven. And so there's that sense of Jesus, the key of David, releases, uh, opens the gates of heaven by taking away our sins and, and freeing us from sin. And then on the 21st, John, we have, O radiant dawn, splendor of eternal light, son of justice, Come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. From the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. To them that dwelt in the region of the shadow of death, light is risen. And this is just one of the verses. There's many, many verses to each one of these O antiphons. We're just sharing one for brevity's sake. Right. And uh, that's fulfilled, as you mentioned before, the Old Testament comes into the New Testament. That's fulfilled in Luke chapter 1, toward the end of the chapter, where um, the, the Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, uh, talks about light shining in darkness. And then on the 22nd, we have, O King of all nations and keystone of the church, come and save man whom you formed from the dust. And this uh, obviously reminds us of the, the beautiful uh, passage uh, from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government is upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, God the Mighty, the Father of the world to, to come, the Prince of Peace. Beautiful, beautiful scripture that ties into the baby Jesus, the Prince of Peace. 
right. And then the last one on the 23rd, O Emmanuel, our King and Giver of Law, come to save us, Lord our God. Emmanuel, God with us. And really, that's what it's all about. Uh, Jesus, the Lord, is Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah seven fourteen, we see, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And a young woman pregnant and about to bear a son shall name him Emmanuel. And then that's fulfilled in Matthew uh, one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that's what Christmas is all about, Father. It sure is. And if anyone ever doubted that Catholics were not Bible-based Christians, we look at these O antiphons and the rich scripture that we have in them, and we realize, you know, we are people of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We are people of the Word. Father, in the final moments that we have, uh, some words of encouragement uh, for our listeners, uh, perhaps to spend some time just meditating on the Word of God, going uh, to confession, maybe attending Mass when you can, to prepare our hearts to, to really to clean our spiritual living rooms and be ready for the Lord to come. Exactly. You know, the manger uh, was was the only place that Jesus could was, was able to find rest uh, when he was born every other place was closed people were too busy to receive him and during this time we're challenged with all the activities of christmas the parties the gift buying the wrapping and and uh if we can just take a little bit more time to make room to make our hearts like a little manger where jesus can find a rest uh, find a place of welcome uh we will be fulfilling uh, what God wants for us. We'll be doing what many of the people of Bethlehem did not do by closing their doors to him. We'll be opening our hearts to him. I love that, like a little manger in our hearts. Father Kabiki, you are a blessing to us. So much appreciate all your spiritual insights uh, week in and week out. I want to wish you uh, a very blessed rest of the way here in Advent and a very Merry Christmas. And you too, John. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Uh, actually, it'll be next year uh, going on a little uh, vacation uh, during the holidays, during the Christmas time. Uh, but uh, we'll be back uh, uh, in 2022. Thank you, uh, Father Kabicki. And now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called That First Day of Christmas. There were no Christmas stockings hung on that first Christmas day, just a lonely manger in a lowly bed of hay. There was no jovial Santa Claus with toys and gifts galore, but the shepherds came from out of the fields to worship and adore. There was no Christmas tree that day bedecked with tinsel bright, but in the east there was a star that dazzled with its light. There were no Christmas carolers to serenade with song, but hosts of angels gathered round to watch the whole night long. No fast last-minute shopping and no Christmas cards to send, but hope was born in one small child for new life without end. John 1.14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. O come, O come, Emmanuel, should be the prayer in our hearts. Thanks so much, uh, Glenn. I want to continue to remind our listeners uh, to pray for the tornado victims in Kentucky and in the other states uh, that have been affected. 
Of course, you can join Father Rocky for the Family Rosary across America with all your prayers and petitions uh, tonight and every night of the week uh, here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance, for producers Gabby Burke, Mariano Gomez, Sarah Tafoya, the entire team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. The Patrick Medrid Show is straight ahead.